CBDC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Angie Tran and Bernard Law on our show today. Angie and Bernard come from a background of five years in digital marketing, a skill that has lended well to their success with Kind Laundry. Kind Laundry is on a mission to have an impact, and that starts with our decision as consumers to choose a new way of doing laundry, a way that is plastic-free. Angie and Bernard know that when one person chooses a plastic-free item, it can be multiplied by billions, having a massive impact. Angie and Bernard have created laundry sheets to replace plastic jugs, creating a zero-waste, mess-free, and sustainable alternative. Their product has been featured in Fast Company, Chatelaine, Refinery29, The Globe and Mail, and our Better Home and Gardens winner for the Best Eco-Friendly Laundry Detergent Award in 2021. The two were also winners of our Startup Global Pitch Competition in the Scale-Up category. In addition, the two have a long list of reviews from happy customers who believe in their product and are helping move toward their mission of a plastic-free world. Welcome to the show, Angie and Bernard. Thanks for having us, Kayla. Thanks for having us. Super excited to be here. Absolutely. This is such a special treat getting to see you on the Startup Global stage and now on the Startup Women podcast. Welcome. (laughs) So I have a number of questions to to ask you to really dive into the different parts of your business. Uh, But before we go there, one question that I love to hear from entrepreneurs is about their defining moments. Um, So I would love to kick things off um, with both of you sharing what you would recognize as your most defining moment as entrepreneurs. Angie, let's start with you. So I'm not sure if there was a specific defining moment, but it was rather a gradual progression for both me and Bernard. Um, We both came from the corporate world. Our last jobs were um, pretty comfortable and cushy and we got paid pretty decent, Um, but we just kind of went through phase during the same time where we kind of were 
sick of it and felt like we need to do something different. Um, so the first, I would say venture would be a restaurant business that we started. Um, it's like a healthy fast food concept. It was a franchise that we bought into. And that's kind of where we both quit our jobs and had our first case of entrepreneurship. And um, during that time, we also learned how to, to do e-commerce because around five years ago, Shopify and online advertising was becoming quote unquote a thing, like becoming popular. So we'd go to the restaurant from like 6 a.m. and then come home at 10 p.m. at night um, when we ended our shift. And then from 10 p.m. to like three, four o'clock in the morning, we'll learn um, all things digital marketing online because like, we took wow. online courses. So long story short, we ended up selling the restaurant because we found our passion in e-commerce and digital marketing. And um, up until I would say a year and a half ago, we had this moment I remember in our dining room where we have all these skills and all these learnings and failures that we've went through the last few years on e-commerce. And we just realized that we just want to build something a bit more meaningful and that had bigger impact. We just didn't know what it was yet, but we had the skill sets for it. So um, that's when I came across, because I used to live in Asia, um, these detergent sheets. It's actually been around for quite a long time. And something just clicked. I'm like, you know, in North America, sustainability is becoming a bigger thing. More and more people are looking for more sustainable alternatives. But the laundry room is the only place I felt like there wasn't a lot of innovation. So I presented this to Bernard and he immediately said, this is it. It just clicked all the checkbox. So that's how that defining moment came about. <laughs> I love that. The lack of innovation in the laundry room. That is such a great, a great way to kick off uh, today's episode. And we'll be diving into all of the parts of Kind Laundry very shortly. Bernard, what about you? What was your sort of most defining moment as an entrepreneur? I would actually have to second what Angie said. I don't think there was like one defining moment. Um, but I, I, I really like a quote from Steve Jobs at one of his uh, Stanford University speech where he said, you can't really connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. So I think mm. that is also our case here is like, you know, kind of like what Angie mentioned, you know, at, at any of those moments could have been a defining moment for us, whether that's, you know, having the courage to quit a, uh, you know, a comfortable corporate job uh, to uh, building a taking a huge loan to build a restaurant. Uh, and then from us, you know, diving into e-commerce and learning a platform that we have, you, you know, no education on uh, to now starting Kind Laundry. So, um, you know, at any of those points, it could be a defining moment. But for us, all those dots sort of connected together to get to where we are today. Amazing. I love it. I love it. So in terms of your background, you know, you've both mentioned um, the space, digital marketing, e-commerce, um, and all of this research and review that you were doing while building these business in parallel, which is often the journey of the entrepreneur. You're wearing a number of different hats. How did this set you up for success, both in your partnership with each other and in starting Kind Laundry? How did that digital marketing anchor really support the growth of your business, um, specifically with Kind Laundry? While we were in the corporate world, we actually have seven years of marketing experience uh, working for big corporations. Uh, and it is just the last five years that we actually started understand how the whole social media space work and digital marketing works. Um, so I think for us, we had the advantage of seeing how big corporations would conduct themselves and, and do marketing, uh, as well as smaller business, how they do marketing uh, in this digital world. So I think we were able to combine both skills together. Um, you know, for me, I specifically 
took my time to understand how media buying works, uh, creating brand awareness through all the social media channels. Uh, and then Angie was more focused on uh, building out our organic uh, social media pages and then connecting with partners and working with them, um, you know, on more like on the, on the operational side. Um, so, yeah, I think between the, the two skills that we have in, in sort of different sectors of marketing, whether that's traditional or, or digital, uh, that served as an advantage for us to launch uh, Kind Laundry. And that's where we've sort of seen, uh, I guess, a quicker success than a lot of startups. Angie, anything to add there? And yeah, um, well, naturally, if you have two people, it's a lot easier because you can also um, divide and conquer certain areas. So it's been very helpful to have um, each other to support each other as well. Hmm. I'd like to dive deeper in that, actually. So walk us through the dynamic that the both of you have in leading these multiple ventures. Um, how has this, you know, coupled them or, or your dynamic between each other really supported your business? And um, do you have any advice for those that are either looking for a co-founder or building businesses as couples? Um, what are the set, some of the challenges that they might be able to anticipate? So I think uh, it's, it's definitely not an, uh, I mean, there's pros and cons uh, for sure. So uh, I would start with the pros is that, you know, when you start a business with your partner, um, you, you guys are working towards the same common goal. Uh, so there's, you know, there's no hidden agenda. We're both sort of working towards, um, you know, uh, our, our common future. Um, so that is a good thing that, you know, you can 100% trust your partner uh, in this process. Uh, I guess the challenge would be that uh, because, you know, you also end up living together as well. So you're basically seeing each other 24 seven. It's a lot of time. Yeah. Time. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's uh, oftentimes where you sort of mix personal life and business life together. Uh, that's still something that we're still trying to balance out. And, you know, it's just carving out personal time where, you know, we shut off business uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's still a challenge. It's not easy to do. Um, but, uh, I think sort of the, any advice that I can give to anybody that wants to start a business with their partner is that, um, you know, both parties needs to really understand what you're going to sacrifice in your personal life to make this journey, uh, a successful one. So, um, I think it's very important for both parties to understand what, uh, the sacrifice is going to be in their personal life. Um, cause for example, uh, you know, now Angie and I have, we don't have a lot of date nights anymore, uh, because we're spending so much time on a business. Um, so, uh, and then we're also delaying our marriage. We're also delaying having children. Um, so th those are the sacrifices that we're sort of willing <laughs> to make to accelerate the growth of business. Um, but of course, like that's, that's more like a personal choice that, that needs to be, uh, sort of understood with both parties. But, you know, if, if both sides understands, um, I guess, sort of the consequence of, of going through this, uh, then, you know, that then I, I think that would make a great partnership. Angie, anything to add there? Yes. Yeah, so um, when we started our entrepreneur journey, we went from our corporate offices to a shared room in Bernard's parents' house. Hmm. So after the restaurant, we go home and like we'll work in like his little room and we like be like move like these large desks side by side together. So it was a bit tough because like we're literally stuck side by side, twenty four seven. Then we upgraded to a little condo where we took over like the main kind of living area and worked side by side there. And then what made a biggest the di biggest difference is when we moved to um, a home, uh, we each actually had our own room. 
where we can set up our own um, computer and workspace. So, because we do a lot of calls too. And that made such a huge difference to have your own space. Mm. Um, so it's just also like kind of drawing that line in terms of physical space too, so that we can kind of have our own space to be creative and think on our own and just not always be like stuck physically so close to each other. So that was very helpful. I, I really appreciate that that honesty here as well. And I think the lesson that so many entrepreneurs can learn when looking for a co-founder or starting a business as a couple um, is to really align on what the expectations are going to be. What is this going to take? What sacrifices are we both able to make? And making sure that those lines of communication are open because you know if you're making assumptions or if one person is veering into a different direction than the other, that often leads to so much additional stress on top of building a business. So I think that communication piece um, and honoring your own boundaries and really, you know, establishing these physical structures that are separate um, is really great advice for any any co-founding relationship um, as as they navigate, particularly in those early stages when it can be very stressful. 100% correct. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) 100% correct. Fabulous. Love to hear it. (laughs) So if we go back, um, you know, to the very beginning of the business, I want to learn more about how things started uh, for both of you. So with the um, with the product itself, Angie, you mentioned this a little bit earlier that you had seen a similar product to this um, in Asia. What did the prototype and the creation stage look like from the, from this product um, and in Bernard's parents' basement? What did things look like at the very beginning? What mistakes did you make? What learnings did you make um, in the prototyping process? Because this is often where entrepreneurs, they can't necessarily visualize what this is supposed to look like when they're first building a product-based business. Yeah, that's a great question. So when we saw this concept, we knew this could be molded in so many different ways, um, especially when it comes to packaging branding. Because in Asia, it was still in plastic packaging with a plastic tray. And they had these cute little mm. plastic tweezers to like pick the, the sheets, which is so unnecessary. And it was so <laughs> much plastic. And then also, like, even though detergent sheets was a thing there, they come in so many different um, textures and formulations too. So they're not necessarily the same quality as well. So that was one of the biggest um, challenges for us to find a formulation that is also not uh, only like cleans very well, but it's also safe. So the hardest part of this whole prototype process was that just reaching out to as many manufacturers as possible. And we reached out to manufacturers all over the world, not just in Asia, but also North America as well. And it's just the whole um, going back and forth in the time zone was tough and collecting all the information um, because you just have to be like really on top of it and constantly following up with them as well. But, um, and that's also to see they have the capabilities and the resources to create our product. But the most exciting part in this whole entire process is when we see the actual samples. So there is like a time where like every couple of days we had like new packages coming to our door from samples from different manufacturers. And that's when it became like really real. It's like, oh my God, this is so crazy. This is finally coming to life. So um, yeah, so we tested all the products to show, to make sure that met our standards. Um, Bernard took care of most of the branding part of our our products, so he immediately thought of like more sustainable packaging, you know, the tray concept, etc. So that's kind of cool. And I would work on the more like the formulation part of it. So making sure that I'm working with chemists and organizations to to double check and fact check a lot of the formulations that we're putting into our their sheet to make sure that we can claim you know safer ingredients, etc. As well. Um, 
our biggest mistake though in terms of all of this whole entire process was not ordering enough inventory um that's the hardest part when everyone the manufacturers like what's your moq for your starting order it's so hard to gauge because you just don't know like we were just starting out so we didn't know we're trying to find out like figure out what our product market fit was mm. so we ordered an xyz amount of um units which we thought was going to be good but as soon as we launched within the first few weeks we completely sold out and that resulted in three months of no inventory so that was our biggest mistake yeah so beyond the packaging, and you've, you've done such a beautiful illustration of really, um, you know, sharing how this product was constructed in such a saturated market of different products and so many products specifically in the green space, how have you separated yourself uh, from the pack and really worked to identify Kind Laundry's unique and valuable elements for the end consumers? Yeah, I think for us, um, our goal has always been consistency within our company and within our brand. So uh, when we first started Kind Laundry, we first had to identify what our brand identity is. And this process was fairly easy for us uh, because Angie and I are truly passionate about sustainable living uh, and we both live a healthier lifestyle. Um, so this made it very easy for us to translate this uh, through the communications with our Kind Laundry brand voice. Uh, and then after that, we had to ensure that every touch point of our brand aligns with this identity as well. So for example, uh, our brand color is turquoise. So turquoise actually came from the combination of green and blue combined together. So um, earth and sea <laughs> combined together. Uh, that made up I our brand that. color. Uh, so that that's our packaging. And then, uh, then our communication, of course, to the end product. So everything needs to be consistent. Uh, now, once all these pieces are aligned together and in place, uh, we're very we're able to very effectively communicate very clearly on how our product is different than most detergent products that's currently in market. Uh, so our three main pillars for Kind Laundry has always been that we're we're eco friendly, we're sustainable, we have a safer ingredient, and it's also easy to handle. So just an example, if someone was to walk in a store without even knowing what Kind Laundry is, by them just looking at the packaging alone, for example. Um, you know, they already quickly understand what our company core value is about. Uh, or, you know, if they see uh, our, our uh, a social media post of ours, um, you know, they can quickly grasp uh, what the end product would be like, uh, you know, once they have that physical product in their hand. Um, so I think that, you know, sort of that consistency and that pillar with um, ensuring everything is aligned uh, is very important to us for, uh, from end to end uh, even through our post-purchase communication with the customer is also very important for us uh, to ensuring that you know our, our brand value and all the uh, elements uh, are there for the consumer and how has that bridged into your digital marketing strategy how do you take those values and those unique value proposition elements of the business and bridge that into a really effective strategy and how you communicate about the business for a new brand that no one knows about um, we need to create credibility and trust right off the bat so for us having an omni-channel presence was very important and understanding the user journey so when like Bernard mentioned when we identified and knew who our niche audience would be. We knew that they spent a lot of time on social media. So more specifically, Instagram, Facebook, and even TikTok. So uh, before building our site, we had to make sure it was well optimized, especially for mobile, because a lot of people scroll through their, their phones when they see our ads and they click right to our mobile. So it needs to be very quick. 
And within there, we need to have a lot of informative, informative content, so blog posts, as well as a lot of user reviews. Um, and so when we invested in a lot of paid ads, we did a lot of press releases, influencer partnerships, and affiliate marketing. So when people click on any of our pages, whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or website, there's just tons of content for them to kind of browse. Um, and even look at like videos as well as previous reviews from other customers across all of our channels so that they can kind of learn more about us across the different um, marketing channels. Yeah. Amazing. And how do you balance this quote omni-channel approach? Because I think often entrepreneurs are really, they struggle with this because to be everywhere is very time consuming, right? You know, you're tailoring different messages to different platforms. Um, what would be your recommendation to entrepreneurs in looking at this space if they might not have as much digital marketing experience as, as you and Bernard do? Um, how should they look at these various channels strategically? Is there one over another that is better for a consumer package good? I, I think it's more important for someone to focus on one channel at a time. Uh, so for us, for Angie and I, that's digital marketing, but for someone else, that could be another channel. Uh, but I think it's very important for one to just focus on that one channel first and other opportunities would come after that. So uh, for our example would be that, you know, we, we mainly focus on D2C, direct to consumer in, in the beginning. Uh, and we never even plan to be on, for example, on Amazon. I know Amazon's still considered uh, somewhat of a D2C. Uh, but you know now it's more of a marketplace uh, but yeah amazon retail um these these were not part of our plan for the first year but because you know just going back to what i was saying before as long as you uh you know ensure that your brand identity is is established your communicators all uh, communications all aligned um and you really focus on that one channel uh I, I think the end consumer uh, would, or the end, uh, yeah, the end consumer would really feel that. And that's where we have a lot of retailers afterwards reaching out to us. Uh, and we also had Amazon Amazon reaching out to us to want to do a partnership with us. Um, so I think it's very important not to um, sort of uh, try to chew on too much in the beginning and, and try to tackle all these platforms and try to learn all these different channels uh, because we, we didn't know how to go into retail. Um, and we had to learn that on the fly. Um, so it's, it's uh, yeah, I think all these opportunities would come as long as you just try to do really good on just one thing at a time. Mm, love it. Ruthless prioritization is what I call that. Yeah. <laughs> to try to prioritize a few core things. So let's go into the social impact side of things that, you know, your mission to eliminate one billion, that's billion with a B, plastic detergent mugs from polluting our planet every year a beautifully bold um, and important target. What advice would you give entrepreneurs listening today that are starting businesses um, that are looking to be more environmentally responsible and sustainable? Um, what advice would you give to those entrepreneurs? For us, what really helped in the beginning is to connect to other sustainable brands, like brand founders, mm. influencers in the space as well, and just to learn more about the environmental responsibility and if there's any communities within the city that we can come to to be part of to learn about what's happening within the space too um especially with covid there was less physical meetups but there were a lot of webinars that we joined um, where we can connect to other um, like-minded individuals in the community that are starting a business around sustainability where we cover different topics and learn about different trends that's happening so for example in canada 
by the end of this year, certain single-use plastic waste is going to be eliminated. For instance, like plastic straws or the bags, the plastic bags from grocery stores. Another thing that we learned from our cohort members is that in Asia, some parts of Asia like Hong Kong, the government's going to implement a blue bin program where um, you're going to be charged based on how much plastic that you discard as well, which wow. is really interesting. So just to, Great. yeah, yeah. So just to learn like what other countries are doing when it comes to sustainability is very fascinating for us, especially if we want to scale in the future um, globally. So yeah, just collaborating with all three. It's just so inspiring as well to like learn more from them and kind of seeing what others are doing in this space. Um, it's just the best way to learn about other organizations and and they would help us point us to the right resources and networks of people to help and support our brand too. Amazing. So speaking of global, um, you recently won our 2021 Startup Global Pitch Competition in the scale-up category. So that came with in-kind support, 25K in funding, um, and lots of storytelling opportunities like this to share the story of, of Kind Laundry. What have your biggest learnings been of growing you know, a Canadian startup um, that is trying to scale globally um, and to do so fairly quickly. You've got some really bold and ambitious targets. So what have been the learnings along the way that you'd like to share with our audiences as it pertains to going global? Yeah, I think um, our learning is that uh, having cash flow is incredibly important when you're scaling um, for a number of reasons, obviously, because you never want to run out of inventory um, and you want to have enough to support for the demand as you're, as you're scaling out. Um, so knowing the numbers in the companies is, is extremely important. And, and, you know, I hear from other entrepreneurs as well. It's like as much as they're uh, following a passion and, and they're very excited to dive into all these endeavors, um, a, lot of, a lot of businesses are not looking at their, their numbers at, at, at the end of the month, at the end of the year. Um, so having a strong back end uh, financially is, is extremely important and, and just being very cognizant of how uh, a company is, is spending their resources. Um, and uh, so another thing that we're trying to figure out is as we're scaling this globally, uh, how to handle logistics uh, in different countries as well. So even though, uh, so right now we're both, we're um, heavily marketed in Canada as well as in the US. Uh, so we have warehouses in in both countries. Uh, but as we expand to other countries, we have to figure out how do we get our inventory to all these different locations and how the fulfillment process is going to work as well. Um, and also, like Angie has mentioned earlier, there's different government regulations uh, in, in different countries. So again, for example, in Mexico and Asia, they have, um, you know, all these regulations with how much plastic they want to import into a country how much plastic uh, each uh, citizen is able to discard every single year and if they discard too much they get fined for it uh, so that actually poses an opportunity for a company like kind laundry to explore some of these markets because it actually forces business to import products that has zero plastic um, that is more sustainable because the government is actually forcing them to to be more um, you know conscious about their consumptions of plastic. Um, so you know these are definitely opportunities that that Kind Laundry can explore. Uh, but we also have to be very careful on you know how do we handle uh, the demand uh, as it goes up uh, all over the world. 
Amazing. I love that answer. That's, you know, going beyond, I, th I think, when looking at the export markets, um, you need to stretch your thinking a lot. And approaching the need from that perspective makes so much business sense, uh, but is also really encouraging to see this problem being tackled across the world. You know, we're, we're aligning to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And um, the more we see various countries aligning to those, the better it's going to be environmentally for, for the globe. So very encouraging to see. To both of you, if you could give one final piece of advice to entrepreneurs that they could take from today's conversation and implement into their business immediately, what would be the one key piece of advice maybe you wish you had heard from a mentor or advisor a few years back when you were starting out? Uh, for me is, I, yeah, so this this I hear a lot is, you know, don't be a perfectionist, just start doing things. <laughs> and uh, it's something that uh, I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've, uh, I've never practiced in the beginning, but started doing a lot now. <laughs> um, so I would say, yeah, just take mm -hmm, actions mm -hmm. because uh, you're going to be learning from your actions, whether that's a win or or a mistake that you can learn from. Uh, and, and sometimes you'll be surprised as well. You know, something that you never thought would work out actually works out in the end. And 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 you sort of, you know, take that momentum from there. Uh, we constantly get surprised at some of the actions that we take that think would never work in the market and, and it has worked out. So I would say, you know, obviously uh, have a plan in place and have a strategy in place before uh, going into market or taking an action. Uh, but also, you know, just be just be ready to be surprised and <laughs> at some of the uh, feedback and results that you're going to get back. So, yeah, just always take action. I love that. Be ready to be surprised. <laughs> what an adventure. <laughs> That's great. Angie, over to you. Your final takeaways. So for, for me personally, it's um, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. We've had so many kind people who offered to help us connect to the right resources, vendors and partners. And it really has saved us so much time and money um, from just reaching out to a small group of people and just having them guide us and point us to the right direction. Um, that's also what's really helped us accelerate Kind Laundry. So for example, um, we were growing so fast that we needed bigger space and all the warehouses, especially during COVID, were pretty packed and booked until I randomly found this one guy through a friend that had a space and he allowed us to do a share workspace in his warehouse, which is so kind of him because I wasn't part of his business model. But because he believed in our brand and what we what we stand for, and he sees the growth opportunity, he just really wants to help us out. So you never know who's out there willing to help you. <laughs> the last one is also know what you're good at, every what you're not, and delegate what you're not good at to others to do the job. So um, in the beginning, me and Bernard, we did everything. We wore all the different hats, and it, it's very overwhelming as well. Um, so we decided to hire two incredible interns from Ryerson. They have a program for co-ops and they learned about the business. And after the internship, they came back to us to ask if we had a job opportunity. And so we just recently hired both of them to be our full-time employees. And we're really excited to have them on board. And uh, they actually do a better job than we do previously when we were doing that, that position. So yeah, being able to delegate things out. 
Amazing. That's fantastic advice from you both. And Angie, I love that you keep using the word kind, that both in your business, you're really, uh, you know, echoing this this idea of being kind to the earth, kind to the people around you, um, and leveraging the kindness that exists in terms of support. It's so great to see people really show up for entrepreneurs and help in any way they can. And I love that about the Canadian entrepreneurship ecosystem. I see that every day. <laughs> so thank you both so much for joining us on the Startup Women podcast. Again, a huge Huge congratulations for winning the 2021 Startup Global Pitch Competition in the Scale Up category. It has been such a pleasure getting to know you through that program. Um, And we can't wait to continue sharing your growth um, and uh, seeing where things go next for Kind Laundry. Congratulations again. Thank you so much, Kayla. Thank you so much for this amazing experience and your support. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.